You're listening to a message from Gateway Church Geelong. We hope it blesses you. For more information about Gateway, visit gc.org.au. Good morning, my friends. How are you today, guys? So good to come around the word with you guys this morning and how exciting that we're in week two of our Dreams and Vision series. Pastor Ney kicked us off last week with a great message around dreams and visions and restoration of relationships. And this week, we're going to continue with our Dreams and Vision series. So as we do, why don't we open in prayer? Lord God, I just thank you, Lord, that you are a faithful God. I thank you that, that you are speaking to our hearts through dreams and visions. And Holy Spirit, as I speak this morning, that you would speak to us individually and corporately as only you can. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. So growing up, I was a pretty deep sound sleeper. Like, my dad used to joke like I could sleep through anything. But in my defense, though, for all the teenagers in the room, like, when you're a teenager, you tend to like sleep a lot. But let's be honest, we already like sleep a lot anyway. As an adult, you want to sleep, but you don't sleep as well as you do when you're a teenager. But because I was always a deep sleeper, I don't often remember my dreams very well. Like, I was pretty surprised when Pastor Ney said that, like, everyone dreams heaps, because I'm like, I don't really dream that much. But maybe it's just that I sleep too deeply that I don't remember them. But I've always found dreams very interesting. And one of the things I found interesting about dreams is the recurring dreams, so the dreams you have repeatedly. Has, has anyone had a repeated dream before? Or one that keeps recurring? See, for me, the one that always repeated was um, that I've got a test or an exam that I haven't studied for. And I'm about to sit there and I'm like, I haven't studied for this test. Anyone ever had that dream before? Or it might be the, the dream that um, you're about to do a presentation and you're not properly dressed, is the way to say it on stage. You're not properly dressed for the presentation you're about to do. Or maybe the dream of being chased, that something's chasing you or falling, or dream that you want to say something but you can't speak. I found them really fascinating because, like, what's the science behind them? And so I did a bit of research into it, and apparently it's one of the theories is it's the way our brain processes the world around us. One of the theories is so we experience different things in the world, and through those recurring dreams is the way our brain processes what we're going through. It's also linked to like our, our psychological well-being, because if we're experiencing something that's out of the ordinary, then we might have that recurring dream just to help our body process the waking world, which kind of makes sense, because often I'd have that dream of having not studied for an exam when I felt subconsciously stressed or ill-prepared for something. Can anyone relate to that sort of recurring dream and something that might be happening in your everyday world? See, dreams are a series of thoughts, images, or sensations that occur in a a person's mind during sleep. But I love it that it's so much more than this, that they are part of the way we process the world around us. A vision is a vivid, vivid or mental image or a mental picture, or sometimes called a waking dream. So there's a lot of science around dreaming, a lot of science around our dreams and visions. But that's a bit of science. What does the Bible say about dreams and visions? See, our scripture for this series is Acts chapter 2, verse 17. It says, In the last day, God says, I will pour out my spirit upon all people. Your sons and daughters will prophesy, your young men will see visions, and your old men will dream dreams. Your young men will see visions, your old men will dream dreams. But see, I read that scripture, and the question that arises in my mind is can everyone have dreams and visions from God? And this is an honest question I ask myself because I would hear lots of people who seem to have lots of dreams and visions and they'd share, oh, I had this God dream and that that dream. And I'm like, "Mm, me, not so much. I don't know if I I have God dreams or not. Half the time I can't remember them. I don't think I really see visions. Does this resonate with anyone? Sometimes you think, oh, dreams and visions are only for a select few people. But see that verse in Acts 2.17 says, I will pour out my spirit on all people. 
I will pour out my spirit on all people, not a select few, not a couple of people who have special dreams. So perhaps it was possible that me, I too could have a dream from God. And so I asked him, because it wasn't something that came super easily to me to have a dream. So I said, God, will you show me a dream and vision from you? But will you also give me the interpretation of this dream and vision so I can understand what it means? Because a dream is just a dream if you don't have the meaning of, of what God is trying to say to you. And he actually did that, but more on the la- later. Watch this face. How good a cliffhanger, hey? <laughs> See, Pastor Ney made this great statement last week that when you have a dream from God, there's an outpouring of his spirit. And can I encourage you? Holy Spirit is our teacher and our guide. We can ask Him for interpretation of dreams. We can ask Him for those dreams. He's the one who guides us into all truth. And sometimes what we think is just an ordinary dream, sometimes what we think is just, oh yeah, just a random dream, is in fact a dream from God. But through Holy Spirit guiding us into truth, we have the revelation of what that dream is about. So can I ask the question then, have you ever experienced a dream or vision from God? Maybe some of you say yes. Maybe some of you say no. Like I said, I was one who was like, I don't know. But I asked him for it. See, I know many of you had, I've heard testimonies of people who've shared dreams and visions they've had. I remember a friend of mine who said that she was fairly new to faith, but God gave her this vision, this picture of walking on a tightrope in relation to learning to trust him, that God would be her safety net under walking on that tightrope, that she needn't be afraid I've heard another friend who's spoken of how they had a vision of an angel covering their car with its wings wide spread out, protecting the car when they were in a very serious immediate danger in a war-stricken country. How cool is that? A vision of an angel giving them protection. But how amazing is this? That see, it's not for a select few. He will pour out his spirit on all people. That you and I can experience that too. You and I can experience dreams dreams and visions from God. And the great thing is you're here today. Well done, guys. You've positioned yourself to receive from God. You've positioned yourself to experience His presence, to experience His power in your life. So why don't you ask Him if you'd like to experience a dream or vision from Him? But why dreams and visions? Like, what's the importance of them? See, in the Bible, God used dreams and visions to reveal His heart to people, to further His plan, and to put people into places of influence. Friends, if you're taking notes this morning, the title of my message is Dreams and Visions for Greater Purpose. And can I encourage you, God gives dreams and visions for greater purpose. Not just randomly, not just for the sake of dreams, but for greater purpose. See, we see multiple people in the Bible who had dreams and visions. And two that come to mind are Paul and Peter. Paul had a vision of Jesus. He encountered Jesus on the road to Damascus. And through that, his life was completely transformed. He went to be, be someone who shared the good news of Jesus with lots of people. Peter had a, a, a dream, a vision from God. And through that, he had, this, had the idea, the interpretation that the good news of Jesus was not just for a select few, but for all people. And from that, the good news of Jesus spread to all people. So why don't you think about that for a moment? Paul's vision and Peter's dream had an outcome for us today. You and I here today as followers of Jesus in the church are beneficiaries of that vision and dream. That those visions and dreams that they had all those years ago caused the good news of Jesus to be spread out. See, when God gives dreams and visions, they're for greater purpose. But there's outcomes. That you and I are the beneficiaries of those outcomes. How amazing is that? See, the same applies to you and I today, that God gives dreams and visions for greater purpose. But again, a commonly asked question, and I think Pastor Ney asked this last week as well. How do you know if it's a God dream 
or just a normal dream or just fantasy or wishful thinking. Can I encourage you that we can ask Holy Spirit for His revelation? We can ask Holy Spirit for His interpretation and ask the question, was that really from you, God? What does it mean? Because that's what I had to do. See, I had a good dream a few months ago and I was like, oh, that's a good dream. But the thing that stood out to me was I actually remembered it when I woke up because that doesn't often happen to me. But not that I just remember it, but it kind of took a hold of me. Like I kept, kept having that thought in my mind, oh, that dream, that dream. And I was a bit like, Holy Spirit, is this a dream from you? Or is this just random? And I asked him for clarification. Friends, you and I can ask God for clarification when we're not sure, is this a God dream or is this just a random dream? And the word that Holy Spirit to me said, it is a possibility. If you continue to walk through the instructions that I've given you, that dream will actually become a reality. And that's the goodness of our God. See, He wants to give you interpretations. He wants to give you dreams and visions with the meaning, with the interpretation. He speaks uniquely to each of us in dreams and visions. Having talked to different people who, who have lots of dreams and visions, some people get vivid images. Some people get full storylines, like a full-length movie storyline. Some people get little snippets. They might get outlines of things of what, what God is saying to them. But God speaks uniquely to us, but He is speaking to each and every one of us. He desires to give you dreams and visions with revelation. And the common theme you'll find that I'm learning is that you remember it. It sticks with you. It takes a hold of you. That's when you know it's a dream and vision or a vision from God. Friends, God gives dreams and visions today for a greater purpose. So last week we looked again at the story of Joseph because he was someone who had dreams in the Bible. Let's again look at the story of Joseph because he's one of my favorite Bible characters. Let's see how his dreams were for a greater purpose. The story of Joseph spans Genesis 37, chapters 37 to 50. We start the story in Genesis 37 where Joseph is a 17-year-old. He has 11 older brothers. He has dreams from God of ruling and reigning over his brothers and his family. We see this dream in Genesis 37, 7 to 8. We were out in the field tying up bundles of grain. Suddenly my bundle stood up and your bundles all gathered around and bowed low before mine. His brothers said to him, do you intend to reign over us? Will you actually rule us? See, in Joseph's mind and his brother's interpretations, Joseph's dream meant that he would rule and reign over them. That's what they thought the dream was. And as we read through the chapters, that is part of the outcome. But in a series of events, Joseph's brothers sell him to slavery. He has a tough run, end up being first a slave and then a prisoner. But then, spoiler alert, Joseph does indeed end up ruling over his brothers. But can I encourage you this morning that God had an even more amazing plan and purpose so let's jump ahead to the end of the story. How good is it sometimes when you want to know like the cliffhanger of the next episode to jump ahead to the end of the story and know the outcome? So let's go to the end of the story. Through God's wisdom and interpretation, Joseph is able to interpret Pharaoh, who was the leader of Egypt at that time, to interpret his dreams and give Pharaoh some wise counsel in order to save, to save people from the severe famine to come. As a result of this, Pharaoh or the leader of Egypt makes Joseph the second most powerful person in the nation. Joseph then has the opportunity to prepare the nation for the famine that's about to come through the planting, harvesting, storing of food for seven years. See, as a result of this, as a result of Joseph being put in that position, as a result of that dream, the outcome of the dream was that he was able to save multitudes of people from different nations. We read this in Genesis 45 verses 4 to 8. Joseph speaking to his brothers, I'm Joseph, your brother, whom you sold into slavery in Egypt. But don't be upset and don't be angry with yourselves for selling me to this place. It was God who sent me here ahead of you 
to preserve your life. It was God who sent me here of you to preserve your life. This famine has ravaged the land for two years and will last five more years and there'll be neither plowing nor harvesting. God has sent me here ahead of you to keep you and your families alive and to preserve many survivors. So it was God who sent me here, not you. And he is the one who made me advisor to Pharaoh, the manager of his entire palace and the governor of all Egypt. How incredible is this? Yes, the outcome was ruling and reigning in Egypt. That's what we see here. His dream of ruling and reigning came through. But God had a perfect plan and purpose. He positioned Joseph to be an instrumental part in the saving lives of many others. He positioned Joseph in a place where he could see the preservation of the lives of many people. So how does this relate to you and I today? Friends, dreams and visions from God are part of His perfect plan and purpose. God chooses you and I to partner with Him when He gives you dream and vision to see His plan and purpose carried out. Be encouraged in that. So what dreams have you got? What dreams has God put in your heart? What vision, whether significant or an outline or a full story has God given you? Maybe it's to do with your kids, your family. Maybe with a health issue. Maybe it's to do with work, a new area of study. Perhaps it's to do in the area of relationships. Perhaps it's to see something shift in your life. Can I encourage you? The dreams and visions that God gives you are part of His good and perfect plan for you. God is sovereign. He's the final authority, the highest power. That's what sovereign means, the final authority, the highest power. And He will work things out for good. Jeremiah 32, 17 says, O sovereign Lord, you made the heavens and the earth by your strong hand and powerful arm. Nothing is too hard for you. See, God's sovereign plan and purpose is always for good. But you know, sometimes it can seem like a little bit of a hard concept to understand because it's like, I see like the plans and purpose of God, but like, how does that work with people having free will and choice and all those things? And I remember hearing this analogy once, it's not my own, so I can't take credit for it, um, of how sometimes God's sovereign plan is like an AFL, uh, NFL football game, like the ones with touchdowns and all those things. I don't really understand the sport, but anyhow. Um, but see, like... God's game plan is the highest and best. So when you have like a game plan in any sport, you often have like this board that you have where you draw different game plans and strategies that come up. But God's game plan is always the best and highest for us. But see, we all have free will and the opportunity to choose whether we operate or play in that game plan. And sometimes when you're playing against the opposition, the enemy that we have, they'll try and for the game plan. But see, the play may get altered, what that play looks like a little bit. It might be different to what we expected. But at the end of the day, God's goal, the touchdown, the win, to win the game is still supreme. It's still the highest power. It's still the authority. His goal, his touchdown is the best and highest for us. And he will make it happen because he is sovereign. See, the dream Joseph had was around ruling and reigning. But the goal, the touchdown, wasn't the ruling and reigning. The outcome was the saving of lives of many people. The outcome was the saving of lives of many people. Read this in Genesis 15, 20. It is true that you plan to do something bad to me, Joseph speaking here. But really, God was planning good things. God's plan was to use me to save the lives of many people. And that is what happened. How does this apply to you and I today? Friends, can I encourage you that God outworks dreams and visions for good things for you, but also for others. God outworks dreams and visions for good things for you, but also for others. See, we might see the outcome in a particular way. Joseph saw it as ruling and reigning. 
But God has greater, more wonderful purpose than you can imagine. We might see a portion of the story, but God sees the whole picture. Friends, He's got your best and highest at heart. He will do infinitely more than you can imagine or think. I love the promise we have in Ephesians 3, verses 20 to 21. Now to Him, now to Him who is able to carry out His purpose and do super abundantly more than we all, we dare ask or think. How good is the Amplified sometimes? Super abundantly more than we dare ask or think. Infinitely beyond our greatest prayers, hopes or dreams. That we're going to do above and beyond what we can think according to His power that is at work within us. To Him be the glory, all the glory to Him for what He does in the church and in Christ Jesus throughout all generations forever and ever. Amen. How good is that? That He will work and do super abundantly more than we ask or imagine. So be encouraged, my friends, that God will outwork dreams and visions for great purpose, for the good of you and for the good of others. So we looked at the beginning of the story of Joseph and we've skipped to the end and seen the outcome. But what about the middle? What about the in-between? Like there's a lot of the in-between. Joseph's dreams involve ruling and reigning on this side. But we rewind to the middle of the story and it looks like he's living on the opposite end of that spectrum. He's first a slave in an Egyptian household and then he's a prisoner. He's wrongfully accused of something and ends up in prison. The place that he's in, in the in-between, seems so far from that place of fulfillment of the dream and vision. Does this resonate with you at all? It does to me. Because sometimes you get the dream and the outcome's over there. But it's this part here in the in-between. This part here in the in-between. See, because sometimes we think the dream and the outcome is like a linear line. Well, I think like that anyway. It's a nice straight line. But this, that would be nice, wouldn't it? You get to, from the dream to the outcome. But that isn't what happens most of the time. It's often a windy road. It's often some ups and downs. It's often one step forward, two steps back. Can you relate to that? Because I totally can. But can I encourage you, between the dream and the outcome, stay in God's process. In His process, in following His Word, know that God has, know that God has got you. He will care for you and cause you to tr- thrive. We see this in Joseph's lives. We see this in Joseph's in-between. In Genesis 39 verse 2, The Lord was with Joseph so that he prospered, and he lived in the house of his Egyptian master. When he was in prison in Genesis 39 verses 20 to 23, But while Joseph was there in prison, the Lord was with him. He showed him kindness and granted him favour in the eyes of the prison warden. So the warden put Joseph in charge of all those held in the prison, and he was made responsible for all that was done there. The warden paid no attention to anything under Joseph's care because the Lord was, was with Joseph and gave him success in whatever he did. See, Joseph was in the in between, but following God's process led to the outcome. Friends, be assured that following God's process, that in his process, is preparing you for the outcome that he's called you to. Joseph was going to be the two I see over all of Egypt. There was preparation that needed to take place for that. Through his roles in his master's house and then as a head in the prison. You know, I've often wondered to myself what the difference would be if Joseph decided to just resign himself to the fact that, oh well, you know, I'm a slave in an Egyptian household, or oh well, I'm in prison now, and 
Maybe I didn't hear that dream from God. Maybe it's not going to come to pass. But this isn't what he did. Wherever God positioned him, Joseph had success. And, you know, that was definitely God's favour. Like God was sovereign in that and granted him favour. But I'm sure Joseph had to be a good steward. A good steward of what God had put in front of him. Being responsible with what God had entrusted to him. Joseph must have put a solid effort into what was entrusted to him. Because we see the evidence of this, that his Egyptian master put everything under his care. When he was in prison, the prison warden paid no attention to everything under Joseph's care because he knew he was responsible with it. See, Joseph was a good steward. He was responsible with what God put in front of him. He was trustworthy with what God has placed in his hands for that season, whether it was in the, as a slave in the household or in prison. See, Joseph's actions remind me of what it says in Colossians 3, verse 23 to 24. Whatever you do, whatever your task may be, work from the soul. That is, put in your very best effort as something done from the Lord. That you and I can work at what God has given us. That we can follow through it and be responsible and be good stewards of what God has given us. Because it's actually, it says in verse 24, it is actually the Lord Jesus whom you serve. So the question I ask myself and have to ask myself regularly And the question I ask myself today, between the dream and the outcome, in the in-between, am I being responsible with what God has placed in my hands? Are you and I being good stewards of what God has placed in our hands? In the in-between, are we working at what God has entrusted to us? Whether that's our families, our relationships, our work, our personal growth, our study. Now, they're hard questions to hear, but I don't mean it to hear my heart. It's not meant to be heavy, heavy-hearted or to, to load this weight on you. But there's such freedom that comes from being a good steward of what God has given you. There's such freedom and joy and rest that comes from following through with what God has given you. So can I encourage you, my friends, between the dream and the outcome, in the middle, in the in-between, keep doing what God has entrusted you for this season. And I know many of you are already doing this. So well done on that. Can I encourage you to stay the course? I know many of you have these dreams and visions, but you just feel like at the moment you're chipping away. You're plowing in the field. You're working hard. Hey, stay the course. Well done. You might feel like, Joseph, that you're sitting in the in-between. But can I encourage you? You're in good company. I think a lot of us are sitting in the in-between. And you know, some practical points that I've learned from sitting in the in-between um, that I'd love to share with you is, like I said, keep doing what God has entrusted to you. What has he said to you? Is it your family? Is it your work? Is it your study? Is it your relationships? Is it your personal growth? Is there an area that he keeps saying to you, I need you to grow in that? Keep doing what he's entrusted you for this season. Can I encourage you, though the outcome seems far away, that you've got the windy road in between, keep standing on the truth. Keep speaking out what God has shown you or said to you. Keep declaring it out loud, especially when the seeds of doubt start to come in. Because it's the tale from Genesis. When the serpent said to Eve, did God really say? When those seeds of doubt come in, keep declaring it. Keep speaking out what the dream is, what the vision is. See, the situation may not change straight away. Often it doesn't. But what changes is your perspective. Your, Your view is shifted from here to hang on. Did God really say? He did. He did say that, and I can see the outcome of that. Can I encourage you? In the in-between, keep asking God to teach you. 
to grow you in what he wants you to. Just as Joseph had preparation to become the two I seen in, the, in Egypt, you and I in preparation for what God has called us to do in that dreams and vision. Keep asking God to teach you and grow you in areas you need to. Seek out wise counsel. We weren't designed to do this journey alone. Can I encourage you? If you feel like you're in between, talk to trusted friends. Share the journey with them. More likely than not, you'll find they're in the in-between with something as well, the same as you. So friends, can I encourage you that God will bring His outcome, His perfect plan and purpose. The dreams and visions that He has for you are for great purpose. But stay the course. Be responsible. Be a good steward of what He's given to you. Keep doing what is entrusted for you for this season because He will bring the work to completion. He will bring that finished work to completion in you. The encouragement we have from Philippians 1 verse 6, I am convinced, I am convinced and confident of this very thing, that He who began the good work in you, He who began the good work in you will continue to perfect and complete it until the day of Christ Jesus, the time of Jesus' return. He will bring it to completion. We're all a work in progress, but He will bring it to completion as we continue in this process of that dream to the outcome. And this is something I'm learning too. See, I finished with this personal story. I had this dream a while back and, and it started off with a thought, but then I had a dream about it. And to be honest, I was like, it was so out there. I was like, no way. Um, but the fact that the dream wouldn't shift from my mind, the thought would shift from my mind, I was like, okay, maybe this is something from you, God. And also no matter how I tried to brush it off and say like, nah, 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 it just kept taking a hold of me. But you know, after I had the dream, there was no outcome. I think I've said this from the pulpit before, I felt like I was in an impasse, which means a place of no movement, a place where no progress is possible. I felt like I was sitting in that place of the impasse. I was in the in-between. But you know, in hindsight, which hindsight's always a good thing, I look back and I'm like, I see what you've done there in the in-between, God. I see the work you were doing in that in-between. See, in the hindsight, God was building my trust in Him that where I would ask that question, did you really say that? That He taught me to go, hang on, what have I said to you? Stop asking that question and start declaring what I've said. See, though I felt like there was no progress, that was an impasse. And let's be honest, the, like, the emotions, the, dishearten, the disheartened feeling, the discouragement that is real. But as I chose to declare what He'd said, my perspective changed. See, as I continued to, to do what He entrusted to me, what He said to me in that time, what could have been heartache, what could have been a, like a feeling of walking in heartache all the time was actually an opportunity for me to grow. Through that time, God developed my character. Through that time, God taught me different things like what I shared the last time about learning to lay down the principle of reciprocity. He developed my character, teaching me how to learn to work through things early, work through issues. Like I've got no time to hold on to offence or hurts and stuff like that. Like I want to deal with them early. And having those tough conversations, God was developing my character in that time in the impasse, in the in-between. And as I continue to choose, to choose to declare what He was saying in that season, I had such peace and joy. The situation hadn't changed and there were still hard days. Like, don't get me wrong. It wasn't like, woohoo, I'm in the in-between. This is all great. There were still hard days, but I knew who I could trust in that, in that circumstance. I knew God's faithfulness in that circumstance. And I knew that what He said He would do. 
And today I can wholeheartedly say that I'm beginning to walk in the outcome of that dream, which is amazing. But the in-between was where the growth happened. The in-between was the most crucial part. So can I encourage you guys, God will work out dreams and visions for great purpose. He will work it out for good. But stay in the process with Him in the in-between. And you know, as we come into Declaration Sunday, where we are as a church can sometimes feel like the in-between. That we've been faithfully serving or doing different things for many years. But the word I have is momentum. There is momentum building that the visions and dreams God has put in our hearts individually and corporately as a church to impact our city, to impact this nation, to impact the surrounding suburbs, that there is momentum building, that God has plans and purposes that He will work out for good. And that as we are good stewards, as we continue to be good stewards of all He has placed in our hands for this season, He will do what only He can. And I'm excited for Declaration Sunday because you know we're seeing God bringing about New thoughts about seeing our Sunday services where we have opportunities for people to find faith in a greater way. Everyday living, everyday living moments where we can learn how do we do with our Monday to Sundays. Opportunities to encounter God afresh and reach out to our community. That as we come into Declaration Sunday, get excited because God is on the move. He is doing something great. That momentum is building. The visions and dreams He has placed into your heart are for great purpose, my friends. Stay in the process with Him. Stay in the process with Him and keep at what He's entrusted to you for this season. Let's pray. Lord God, I just thank You, Lord, that You are sovereign, Lord. That You are working and You are working all things out for our good. And I just declare over each and every person here, Lord, Holy Spirit, that You will give dreams and visions to us, that You will reveal Your heart and Your interpretation of that dreams so we can walk in the great purposes You've given us. I just pray for strength for the in-between. I pray for wisdom in the in-between because that's where we often sit. And Holy Spirit, I just pray such clarity and open hearts to work on what you're entrusting to us in that season. We honour you for who you are. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. You know, I think about Joseph as he's now king in Pharaoh's house over the land of nation of Egypt. They're in famine, they're two years in and then his brothers come to him. Been living in famine, been starving, drawn out from where they'd lived to come because they knew that in Egypt, they knew at Potiphar's house, there was grain and there was food. And I started to think about that question as you were speaking, what would have it felt like to be saved? What would it have felt like to be drawn out, living in famine, coming to that moment where finally there's the fullness and the offering of food at your disposal? What is it like to be saved with all this supply in front of you that now you have access to? And then I started to think about our Father, God in heaven, who sent His Son to save us, to make a way that we would have access from the famine and the struggle and the challenge and the trouble that we experience in this world, that He would send His Son to be our Saviour, to be our hope, that in our times of famine, we would know a Saviour. Jesus Christ, the hope for all humanity. You might be in this place today, 
knowing what trouble feels like, experiencing struggle on the inside of your heart, in your mind, thinking, is there a Saviour out there for my trouble? Is there a, a rescuer for the famine that I've been feeling in my life? Well, I'm here to tell you the good news of Jesus Christ is the hope of humanity. His name is Jesus. God sent Him to the world to be your Saviour and your rescuer, to give you a life, a hope and a future that you would never have to be separated from God who is your rescuer again, but through His Son, Jesus Christ, He offers a relationship with Him that you can walk daily in relationship with Jesus Christ. You can walk daily with a rescuer. You can walk daily having access to a Saviour who is the hope for all humanity. And it says in this Scripture, Romans 10, 9, if you declare with your mouth that Jesus is Lord, if you believe Him, that God raised Jesus from the dead, you know what the Word of God says? It says, you will be saved. And there are so many of us in the room right now that are testament to the power of Jesus becoming our Saviour in our life. We now walk with a Saviour. We now walk with a Rescuer. We now walk with hope because God sent His Son to us. And we prayed this very prayer that I'm giving an invitation to you to pray today. And we prayed that prayer and Jesus came into our lives and we now walk freely having access to God just by believing in our heart, just by confessing with our mouth that Jesus is Lord and God raised His Son from the dead. And so whether you're watching online this morning, whether you're in the room and you've never prayed this prayer, but you feel that you want to pray this prayer again to have relationship with a Saviour, I want you to invite you into this prayer this morning in speaking it. We're all going to pray it in the room. Can I ask you to stand right now? And as we bow our heads and close our eyes together as a church, can we pray this prayer together? Dear Jesus, I invite you into my life. Be my Saviour. Be my hope. Be my rescuer. I receive you freely this morning. In Jesus' Name we pray. Amen. Father, I pray for anybody who has prayed this prayer today or prays it at a later date. And Father God, I pray that when You come into our heart, You make old things brand new. You bring restoration into our life that transforms our very being, that transforms our very thinking because now we realise a relationship with You. We now have access to God. We have access to healing. We have access to relationship. We have access to the hope for all humanity and His Name is Jesus and He is both grace and truth. So we thank You this morning that God, You sent Your Son. Thank You for the opportunity that we can receive Jesus into our hearts and lives. We pray this in Jesus' Name. Amen. We pray that that message was a blessing to you. If you made a decision to follow Jesus, first of all, congratulations. We think that that is incredible. And secondly, if you go to gc.org.au forward slash first steps, our team has put together some resources as well as there's some information there for how you can get in contact with one of our pastors 
because we'd love to encourage you and connect you into the life of the church.